the Western Pennsylvania Conference of the United Methodist Church presents Meet in the Middle, a weekly podcast of the Western Pennsylvania Conference anti-racism team. Get ready to meet in the middle. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We welcome you to Meet in the Middle. This is a podcast that's delivered weekly through the anti-racism team of the Western Pennsylvania Conference of the United Methodist Church. My name is Drew Gordon. I serve as pastor for the New Hope Charge, which is located in Sykesville, Reynoldsville, and Falls Creek in Jefferson County. That is the Indiana District. And uh, it is a pleasure to be a part of this broadcast with you this time. So today we're talking about laity. October 17th was Laity Sunday, and we celebrate those who have been members of our church and the wonderful job that they do as they continue to share the Word of God with others. And someone who can help on the subject is someone I'm very familiar with. Matter of fact, I've known her for quite a long time. Jenny Gordon is the current Indiana District Lay Leader and former director of the Indiana District Lay Servant Schools. It is a pleasure to have you with us on Meet in the Middle, Jenny. Thanks for having me. Well, as far as things go, we are talking about laity today. Let me start off with a very simple question. How important is laity in the United Methodist Church? I always say when I'm teaching lay servant ministries classes Mm -hmm. that it is so important for the lay people of our church to learn how to be leaders because we outnumber the pastors. There are a lot more of us than there Mm -hmm. are of you. That's true. (laughs) That's very true. And, you know, pastors cannot be everything to everyone. And we have lay people who have amazing gifts and graces. And so I think it is imperative that we have lay people in leadership. Also, because the United Methodist Church is an itinerant church, Mm -hmm. the lay people don't itinerate. So if you want to see a ministry continue in a church... Give it to the lay people Mm -hmm. because the laity are the ones who are going to keep it going regardless of who the pastor of the church is. Okay. Um, Just to kind of add another question onto that, and maybe I should have started it with it, but we'll just go from here. Um, For people who who hear that word laity and they kind of go, oh, I don't know what the heck. Can you explain a little bit more what that purpose is? Absolutely. So in the church, you have the pastor's the staff of the church, maybe even some volunteer staff. But then you also have the people of the congregation, the people who do not have any theological training except maybe lay servant ministry school. These are the people that lead the missions and ministries of their churches. These are the people without seminary training. These are people who are passionate about making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Not because it's their job, but because it's their mission. And one of the things you made mention earlier, and I'll kind of reiterate on that too, uh, about being more laity than than clergy, um, we find ourselves, and I think we find ourselves nationally, having a situation where we do have more laity, and more laity is stepping in to fill pulpits in the United Methodist Church. Right. So when a church does not have a pastor— the district superintendent could ask somebody who is a lay person, who is not a trained clergy person, to fill the pulpit. Our book of discipline says that you have a year to either then get credentials as a pastor or allow someone else to fill that spot. But absolutely, 
you know, there are times that a church is in need and a layperson can fill that spot as pulpit supply. They can also get credentials that keep them as a layperson, but also give them the training that they need to fill that place. In our denomination, we have certified lay ministers, and these are people who are lay people, mm-hmm. but have had enough training that they can fill a clergy role as well. Mm-hmm. They kind of are in that middle ground be- between lay people and clergy people. Okay. One of the things, too, and we're going to discuss a little bit more, too, about lay school and, and what that entails and such, um, but... To kind of start it off with that, we can we can this this could be doesn't necessarily have to be, but could be a start for people to serve into the ministerial things as a local pastor or 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 better. Absolutely, we've just finished charge conference season here in the Indiana district of the United Methodist Church, and one of the things that I asked as the district lay leader in each of the charge conferences was how many people went to lay servant ministry school. Mm -hmm. And then I ended it by asking how many of our pastors started in lay servant ministry Mm -hmm. school. And it was an amazing number of people who got their call to ministry and started as lay people and eventually became either licensed local pastors or ordained elders. Mm -hmm. And and, and that's that's not a... um, a supposed go-to, it could be in one of the possibilities. There, Then that also continues to educate the lady. Absolutely. So when people come to lay servant ministry schools, mm-hmm. they are coming for a variety of reasons. They might just be coming to learn more about the United Methodist Church. Maybe they came to us from another denomination, and they want to learn more about our theology and what it means to be a United Methodist. A lot of churches actually use our basic lay servant class as a membership class Mm -hmm. because it's a fantastic foundation for new United Methodists. Uh, As as far as some of the classes, too, um, you you do have some that get you going in in the aspects of speaking, but also in just simply serving. What are some of the things that maybe uh, a a, uh, certified speaker Uh, must go through in order to get to that position. So to become a certified lay speaker in the United Methodist Church, there's a number of classes that they ask for you to take so that you can be prepared to fill that role and and fill it efficiently. Mm -hmm. So we ask people to always start with the basic class, Mm -hmm. then the advanced speaking course. Mm -hmm. Some of the other classes include leading in worship, leading in prayer, Spiritual Gifts, United Methodist Heritage, and United Methodist Polity. These are classes that really allow somebody to be a well-rounded leader in the church, somebody who can fill the pulpit and have a a good basic understanding of what it means to be United Methodist. To kind of add a little bit to the classes, there, there are some very unique classes that are in there too. You mentioned Spiritual Gifts. Um, accountable discipleship. You, there are a few different things. Um, regarding our program, which uh, kind of focuses on diversity in different situations, right now there's a class that I feel should be 
very important in that way. And that's Vital Conversations. If you could explain what Vital Conversations is. So Vital Conversations is not an approved lay servant ministry school class, Mm -hmm. but it is one that we have allowed to be uh, held at lay school. So you don't get advanced credit for it, but what you do get is some amazing knowledge. Mm -hmm. There is a series of videos, and I think these videos are very important. I had the opportunity to be the facilitator for a vital conversations class, and it was important to me as a white Mm Anglo-Saxon Protestant female Mm -hmm. to have people of color, people with diversity, be the ones leading those conversations. In those videos, you see people that represent all different types of diversity, male, female, different ethnicities, even different faiths. So there are people starting conversations, starting conversations about what it means to be someone that may not be the dominant race or the dominant religion, Mm -hmm. what it might be like to be different from what you see around you. Mm -hmm. And it was important for me to have those videos to represent that viewpoint because there are not that many people in our district who represent that viewpoint. I think my last understanding from Mission Insight, which tells us our demographics, is that the Indiana District of the United Methodist Church is 93% Caucasian. And that means that if we want to do a class or we want to facilitate a conversation about race, about diversity, we need to maybe find something other than people in our community to help facilitate that. Mm -hmm. So the Vital Conversations videos are so valuable to being able to do that. And it was amazing. We had people taking the participating in these vital conversations with us who had points of view that I hadn't really heard before. I had someone say to me, there is no racism where I live. And the reason there's no racism where I live is that there is no people of any other race there. Mm -hmm. So there's no one to be racist against. So there was an education piece to teach people that you don't need to have diversity in your community to have racism in your community. Mm -hmm. We also had some amazing conversations about white privilege. I didn't realize how polarizing it was going to be to have these conversations about white privilege. Mm -hmm. When we talked about white privilege in our Vital Conversations classes, one of the things we recognized was there were people who do not, absolutely do not believe that white privilege exists. You hear people say things like, I've had to work hard for everything I have. Nothing has been given to me. Or you hear people say, what I have has nothing to do with the color of my skin. But we used a video, and I think it's a powerful video, of young people on a football field. And they have the opportunity to race to get a $100 bill that the leader is holding. And he allows people whose parents aren't divorced to move forward. He allows people who don't have to work. He allows people that have both parents at home. He allows people 
who have the mother that stays home with them. I, I don't even remember what all the reasons were. But anybody that had an advantage, whether due to their race, to their religion, due to their socioeconomic status, those people that had advantages got to start the race closer to the man holding the $100 bill. And that was meant to represent what white privilege is really like. To represent that white privilege exists. Because our starting line is so much closer to the goal. And I think that there, in fact, I know there were people that watched that video during that conversation who said to me, I never thought of it that way. Right. Right. I never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. And there was one person in our class who took the class because it was the only class offered at that lay school they hadn't already taken, mm -hmm. who came in feeling defensive, mm -hmm. feeling defensive as if because that person was a white Anglo-Saxon male, we were telling them they should be apologetic. And that wasn't at all what the point was. The point was to recognize that you have advantages as a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant male that maybe someone else doesn't have. And by the end of the course, he actually apologized for his original point of view. Because in, the, in educating him, in having these vital conversations, he was able to learn that his perception of white privilege was not the correct perception. He was able to understand that his perception of racism was more than just being rude to people of different races. And so I think if we can have vital conversations that challenge people to think differently, that is a vital and valuable conversation to have. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Also, something down the line that's going into maybe possibly in effect with the lay schools as well. There has been conversations regarding an anti-racism class. Absolutely. And, and do you have anything that you'd like to share with that? Or So I am not part of the group that's working on that. That will be our conference committee on lay servant ministries. But I can tell you that there are some districts that are starting to try out different courses on dismantling racism. I had the opportunity to sit in on a dismantling racism class with the Pittsburgh district, mm -hmm. where they utilized a lot of the resources that our anti-racism team on the conference used. They were able to add things to that. And it was really about education. It was really about opening the eyes of people to things they may not already be aware of. It was about having an open mind and understanding that there is more to learn than what you might already realize. So I know that not only is United Methodist Discipleship working on a dismantling racism or an anti-racism class, but I know that the Western PA Conference is committed to putting together a class that addresses racism in our communities. So I hope that we have solid information for you sometime soon, but I absolutely know that that is something that Jerry Rechtenwald, who is our conference conference director of Lay Servant Ministries, is working on. Um, and I know that he is also working with Sharon Gregory, who is our conference lay leader, 
and Paul Huey, who is our associate conference lay leader. So the work is going on, and I think we've had the chance to see that from our perspective too, that they're looking at specific things, whether it's offered as a course in lay school or as a weekend event, right? Yeah, and again, I'm not part of the planning of that, but I can tell you that in the Western PA Conference, we are committed to opening people's eyes, to having courageous conversations about what we can do to help make sure every single person is welcome and feels welcome in our churches, in our communities as leaders, because every voice is important. And with that aspect with laity, we bring it back to laity again. What can be, say, from your experience as not only a former director of, of, of laity schools here in Indiana District, but also now as the lay leader, what do you think is the thing to approach for all laity in the district or in the in this in the state? So I think the biggest thing as far as dismantling racism mm-hmm. is that we need to educate our predominantly Caucasian lay people that there is room for everyone, that we have more to learn, we have room to grow. I am fond of saying for myself that I can't understand. I I will never be able to put myself in the same place as a person of color because I will never have that experience. I cannot possibly speak from their point of view. But what I can do is try to understand their point of view. What I can do is understand how we can make our church more welcoming. What I can do is understand how we stand with people who are facing racism, people who are facing challenges that we aren't facing. You also had an experience yourself where you, that's kind of opened your eyes, not only the aspect of laity, but also in relationships. Can you tell us a little bit about that? A few years ago, um, BMCR had an event at Monroeville United Methodist Church in the Pittsburgh area. Um, And that stands for Black Methodists for Church Renewal. Mm -hmm. And it really, number one, I was in the minority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Primarily, it was attended by people of color. And they talked a lot about the inequity, the historical inequity Mm -hmm. For people of color in the United Methodist Church, in the Methodist Church and the United Methodist Church. And this isn't stuff that happened hundreds of years ago. There were things highlighted that have happened in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. There have been inequities that people of color have faced in our churches that are still remembered in our churches today because the people who lived through those experiences are still with us. Mm-hmm. Or the stories they heard from their parents right. are still with us. And these were things I had absolutely no knowledge of. I, I don't know the name of it, but they showed a video And the video discussed the history of people of color in the United Methodist Church. Mm -hmm. It talked about the central districts. 
it talked about kind of the separation of the United Methodist Church. And it's valuable information. I highly recommend it. I, I wish I knew what it was so mm -hmm. I could tell you. But the thing that stuck with me the most from that event was, number one, we worshipped in a predominantly African-American church that Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I get excited when we have a Pentecostal United Methodist right. servant. Mm -hmm. um, because I grew up in a United Methodist church where my mother shushed me. Jenny Lynn, now be quiet, right? Put your hands down. Don't say anything out loud. And, you know, people were reaffirming what the speakers were saying by saying amen. People were reaffirming what was happening by raising their hands. I, I heard people just moved by the Holy Spirit, and it was allowed. It was accepted. It was a mainstream part of that service. And it made me hungry for more Pentecostal worship. Mm -hmm. I don't know what my role is in helping combat racism in our district. But I do know that my role mm -hmm. is to appreciate the diversity and appreciate the struggles that people of color have had to deal with in our district, in our conference, and in our denomination. Let me ask you, as far as anything you'd like to add or any closing comments or things that you would like to share. I think that the lay people of the church, whether it is the United Methodist Church or any other denomination, they have so much power, more than they can possibly realize, because we are the church. We are the people of the church. And it is not the pastor who makes a welcoming church. It is not the priest or the clergy people or these are not the ones who are ultimately winning hearts for Jesus Christ. It is the people of the church who are representing Jesus Christ in their communities that are seeing the people around them, who are showing them dignity and respect as they ought to do, and letting them know that they are valued, that they are important, that we are all children of Christ. Mm -hmm. And you're all children of God. And, and the thing is, too, you, you know, from a lady standpoint, if you look back into history even, that's been an important part of laity all through this time. Listen, without the lay people of the United Methodist Church, there would not be a United Methodist Church in the United States of America. Yep. Yep. There weren't enough clergy to go around to spread this denomination in this country. It was the lay people who led their churches, who made people excited to go to church, who made people excited to stand up with one another, to be disciples of Jesus Christ, and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for getting the chance to talk with us. Thank you for having me. Once again, we thank Jenny Gordon for joining us, and next time we'll have another wonderful installment of Meet in the Middle. But for now, some words for the road. Love must be sincere. 
Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, and honor one another above yourselves. Keep that in mind as we go forward throughout this next week. Thanks for joining us on Meet in the Middle. This is a program of the Western Pennsylvania Conference of the United Methodist Church's anti-racism team, and we hope that you join us next time. Until we meet again, God bless. Meet in the Middle is a production of the Western Pennsylvania Conference of the United Methodist Church. If you have comments or suggestions for future shows, email us at antiracism at wpaumc.org. Thanks for listening. To find out more about the Western Pennsylvania Conference, go to wpaumc.org.